0: you're listening to the coffee hour i'm sarah Golseth.
1: i'm andy bates
0: thanks to our underwriter concordia university wisconsin for your support of the coffee hour you can find out more about them at cuw.edu live uncommon So today is another installment of the Here I Write conference series. Uh, Katie Sherman was the brainchild behind this conference to bring together Lutheran writers, supporters of Lutheran, authors, uh, people who have resources for those who are creative with words. So today we get to talk with an author, Naomi Stevens, who is a bookworm turned teacher, turned writer, and author of Shadow Among Sheaves, which is on my to-read list right now, a 19th century retelling of the Ruth and Boaz story set during the British occupation of India, which is also one of my favorite time periods to read about. So this is super exciting. Thank you so much, Naomi, for joining us on The Coffee Hour.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm excited.
0: So tell us a little bit about um, why you decided to write this book, and then we'll get into your presentation. But I want a little bit of background on you first.
1: Absolutely. So I studied British literature through my master's program. And I had always been a little hesitant about working on historical fiction. I had been writing um, more of like young adults in that genre, like dystopia before nothing that ever made it anywhere. And I loved the story of Ruth and Boaz and I wanted to reset it. And I was trying to think of different opportunities. And one of my friends, who's actually my critique partner, She had been reading a bunch of Regency novels at the time when I was thinking about this. And she was sort of half jokingly, she's like, you know, I'm spending a lot of money on some of these books, so you should just write me a Regency. And I thought, well, it's actually not a bad idea since I've studied, you know, uh, Victorian literature. And so it was not a regency. Um, I said it a little bit later so that I could bring in that Indian and imperialism, those elements. Um, But yeah, I I did what she asked. And here it is probably four years after that conversation happened. So super grateful to her for for that little comment. (laughs) (laughs) So help us understand historical fiction for those who might not have read much historical fiction. What do you love about it? What what's unique about historical fiction? I oh, it's it's such a fascinating genre because if you read a lot of it, it's interesting to see how it gets woven in, like how the historical elements get woven in. And it's one of the things that kept me back from Mm -hmm. wanting, like from from feeling comfortable jumping into the genre is I'm not a historian. And so I think a lot of people think of historical fiction as like, these are the people that can write textbooks on like a whole period, a whole area of scholarship. And I thought, well, I mean, I've studied British literature, but when I first started working on it, I had to buy basically a, a new library of what were they eating? What were they wearing? What was the church like at this time? You know, how much did things cost? And so what's fun about writing it is to try to sort of work that in seamlessly so that you don't feel like you're reading a textbook. And Mm -hmm. I I love seeing stories used as vehicles for teaching about historical elements. It's, it's why I love reading the genre. And it was certainly a challenge writing in the genre. So what's your starting point? Where do you begin when writing
0: historical fiction?
1: Well, I, I started with just getting a lot of resources. And and for those who are sort of wanting to start writing in the historical fiction genre, um, it's gonna feel really overwhelming at first because you get all these resources that cover every topic that you can imagine. And you look at it and you think, my goodness, this is gonna take me, you know, six months just to to read this before I can set pen to paper. But what really worked for me, and everyone's different, I'm sure, is letting the story kind of drive what you're researching. Um, and I had a bit of a leg up because I had studied British literature, so I knew, you know, more than what I otherwise might have, but to really just go ahead and let yourself start writing. And then as you're going, you're going to realize which books you need to crack and when. So you kind of write your way up into a wall and you're like, oh, OK, I need to know more about this element or Um, You work up to a scene where there's a dinner party and you're like, "Okay, I need that book on food and cooking in Victorian England. And that's when you start, you you know, it it helps frame your research so that you're not just hit with the floodgates opening. And, you know, there's a 100 resources on Victorian England. So, yeah, letting the story sort of drive is how I've sort of framed my research work.
0: Yeah, there's there's so much you can look at and so much you can learn when you're trying to fit it into a story. And I think that's part of the the magic of historical fiction for me is that it is it's set in this real time and place. And yet you're you're able to bring these characters in uh, that that may or may not be real characters and then shaping the story around them that when you if you wanted to Google details, you can actually look up details about the story and that it just it makes it that much more real how do you fit those historical details into a work of fiction and make it seamless
1: yeah it's it's hard it's a hard line to find because um so many elements you have to decide what can be fictionalized and what can't be is sort Mm -hmm. of the first questions you ask yourself so Abbotsville, the place where my, my story is set, that's completely fictional. Like I was like, you know, I'm just going to make up a town. Um, but then there's other elements where you want it to not, like I said earlier, you want it to feel like a textbook per se. So letting historical details come through your character's eyes and experiences. And um, oftentimes when I'm writing in the earlier drafts, I just kind of block off like, ooh, this is good historical data. And I said I plug it in. And, you know, it never fails that my critique partner's like, okay, this feels like I'm reading a textbook. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I'm <laughs> going to weave it in. And so you try to make it more, you try to fit it into a fictionalized character's head with something that they've experienced. Um, it's a hard line to find. I'm always trying to find new ways to do it, to bring in history, but have it, you know, feel subtle. Um, And often I think it's in just the details Um, because you're not just researching the politics of the time or, you know, but you're you're looking at, okay, she gets dressed. So what is she putting on? It's those details that often Mm -hmm. can sort of help make that text feel subtle. That detail work, I think, is where I start to try to thread it in to make it, um, yeah, to make it more subtle, to have those those little head nods to what they were eating or how much things cost. Mm -hmm. are there any misconceptions about
0: historical fiction?
1: Well, I think, I mean, I guess I, I did kind of have one in that I didn't want to start working in the genre because I thought, well, I would need to learn so much more before I could even start. Like I'm not, you know, this isn't my, my field of concentration is not just history in general. Um, But I, I think that that we're storytellers first, you know, the story is paramount, that everything else kind of has to be there just to support that story. And so um, I suppose maybe that could be encouragement, again, for those who are sort of unsure about, like, could I write historical fiction? Uh, absolutely, you could, you know. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> What's exciting to you most about uh, bringing together your your research and love of, of British literature, and then also this whole other side of of history. Uh, what's, what's exciting about marrying those two things in a story?
1: There's so much more that I've learned about um, just that whole period of time. And there's so much that you want to pack into the book. And I guess this kind of goes in with your last question too, where There are so many fun little anecdotes that you find that you unearth and you think, I want to get that in there. Um, And there's so much that gets kind of left on the cutting room floor, regrettably. I wrote a a blog post about that for a Christian fiction book blogger about all the little details that we find along the way, and they just can't quite fit into the book. And it's such a bummer when that happens because it's so delightful to find things like that. And then when I go back and I read some of my favorite books, you know, I I go back to um, uh, the authors that I love from that period. And I feel like I'm coming back to them with a more rounded view of how they were living. And that's really cool. I'm not just seeing it through the eyes of fiction, but I'm seeing it, like you said, through this blended. Yeah, it just turns it into a whole different genre for me when I go back Mm -hmm. to the literature, to to the fiction.
0: Yeah. On the flip side of that, what what's challenging about writing in this genre? What what kind of roadblocks do you run into uh, when you are try- when you are trying to bring together something that that actually has historical data and that's something that that somebody could go research and, and poke holes in if you're not oh, careful yeah. enough. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. There's a lot of times where I've been staring at my screen, like it has to be set against this particular period you can't wiggle the date and something just isn't working. Uh, yeah that can be very very frustrating and sometimes that's why there exists these little disclaimers at the end of some novels where they're like there were minor liberties taken here so that we could sort of create this thing um, the book I'm working on right now actually I have one of those little moments where it's like this one character has this, uh, well, it's Anthony Wayne from, uh, as in Fort Wayne and yeah. his, his nickname is Mad Anthony. And mm-hmm. I, I need that in there. Cause it's like, that's the connector point for my readers. They're going to know, you know, that's kind of the big thing for him, but technically he wasn't called that until like a year after my book is set. And I'm like, Oh, that can be in the disclaimer. Like, yes, technically wasn't called that, but it's sort of an important grounding point for those who, you know might want to know it's so hard yeah
0: <laughs> yeah those, those disclaimers can be uh, useful even when you're dealing with historical facts <laughs>
1: oh yeah they wiggle you they wiggle you out <laughs> <That's bad.
0: laughs> do you have any any encouragement uh or any any final thoughts or advice for uh aspiring writers or people who may be thinking about writing historical fiction
1: oh yeah, just dive in, uh, seriously, and and find some resources and start reading and see if it looks like something you feel you can really commit yourself to. And the highest piece of advice I have for anybody is to find somebody who can read your work and give you honest feedback. Because I have, I have a writing critique partner who's read every draft of this thing, you know, just t- till she's probably cross-eyed. And it's so helpful to have outside perspective because there are times where you feel like you can't see the forest through the trees because you're 200 pages in and you're like, is this working? And so that's really invaluable. I highly recommend people find outside eyes to help them sort of think through their drafts.
0: Perfect. Where can we find your your current books and then your, your upcoming book as well?
1: Well, my upcoming book, I'm just in the middle of writing. That one (laughs) hopefully soon, but we'll see. Um, Shadow Among Sheaves is available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. And my website is NaomiStevens.com.
0: Wonderful. Naomi Stevens, uh, author of Shadow Among Sheaves. Thank you so much for joining us on The Coffee Hour today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It was fun.
0: You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates.